Arby's. If I was about to be killed, I'd eat it. Stephen Colbert. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping keep Seppi Verdi. He really messes with his brain. What is is the daughter of divorced parents? The earth is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Twilight Arby's playcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Twilight Arby's Playcast. As far as I know, it's the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Twilight the Film Saga, Twilight the Book Series, as well as Arby's the Restaurant. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, and we have an incredible episode for you this week. This is the episode number one of the Twilight Arby's Podcast. So we're going to start off strong. This is part one of our inaugural 30-parter. That's right. Um... Recent events have brought to light the situation, which makes me realize that uh, I need this to be the podcast for the time being. Um, I don't want to go into why that is with you all right now. We have a lot of sort of soul searching to do to see how we are going to proceed. I don't exactly know. My identity has highly been built around the uh, concept of the podcast that was different from this, but it's come to my attention that that's not what it needs to be right now. So I did what I, you know, I think any, any consummate professional showman would do and say the show must go on. So let's say hypothetically, let's say hypothetically, but this is not an actuality, that we had been doing a hundred-parter episode and we were on, say, episode 70, that would mean we have about 30, 30 parts left to that 100-parter. Just, just doing some hypothetical math. Well, anyway, that's not the case. This is the first episode of the <laughs> Twilight Arby's podcast, and we are doing a 30-parter. And this is part one of our special 30-parter. And part of the reason it's called the Twilight Arby's podcast is because I, one... I think it's very important to do a podcast uh, that is about both move um, um, well a movie that is based on a book because we like talking about movies here. We like talking about movies th that are based on books. I enjoy the Twilight movies and I almost read one of the books. I got the audiobook a couple years ago of the first Twilight uh, novel saga book and I listened to the audio book about a third of the way through so that's pretty close to having read it whether you consider reading a podcast or re reading an audio book reading there's that that's a whole different conversation in and of itself but I I think because of the way technology is evolving and changing the medium of communication and publication and distributing information that listening to an audiobook is a completely legitimate form of reading. I'm not I'm not saying that you might that it's the exact same activity, but I think you should be able to say you read a book when you listen to an audiobook because you absorbed all the words that an author wrote and you process them to understand a story something that i also thought was fun just a fun little tidbit that you wouldn't know 
without hearing this background part. The quote that I looked up about Arby's, colon, if I was about to be killed, I'd eat it, by Stephen Colbert. When I looked that font that up, it was the font that was used was actually the same as the Twilight font. So I thought that was a fun little thing. Um, I think it is important while we are sort of figuring out what we are going to be to uh, address the, the idea that I have always adamantly felt that I could separate artists from art. And I think I think while I still sort of want to believe that that is who I am and who I can be in my mind and in my person, I think that the world is changing in a way that is is making at least me rethink that now. I think maybe that there's a couple reasons. Maybe it was easier for me to separate art from artists when it was things that I was not as personally invested in or things that I didn't identify with or things that I really didn't have any stake either way, right? So now that I think I'm over a a decade into being involved in the performing arts firsthand and being much more a uh, audience consumer of art a dabbler and a thinker and a consorter with other artists it's become far more important to define those points of of integrity and where one is going to stand as an artist i don't know maybe for the next 30 parts of the 29 not counting this one we will delve into those things and think about them all i can tell you is that right in this moment that it is very necessary for and and also i think i think it's okay to be art is something that's supposed to make the world a beautiful place it's supposed to make the world better for existing and living in it um that's not the only thing it's supposed to do. It 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 or supposed to. I don't let that's even me trying to take too much credit for giving it its purpose. I don't know what its purpose is. We find purpose in it. But from my perspective, I still feel strongly about certain things and while I might have lost my conviction that I can still separate art from artists, I do want to say that I from where I stand right now, I do believe that because it is, in in my view, and to my life and perspective, a recreational medium, something that is optional, and I can exist in its absence for amounts of time, that it's it's probably okay for me to say that I believe in in... Um, while thinking about these issues, that you can sort of move the goalpost. You can kick the can down the road. You can. Uh, so we're taking a break. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that I'm I'm not going to th- to 
give you an answer on whether art and artists are separate or the same today we might delve into that next week or the week after that 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 the week after that or 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 we might not do it in the next 30 weeks but that's okay because the priority in my mind right now is to not hurt people and to not be parts of things that may so until we can solve those mysteries of the universe uh the the thing i thought is what is what is podcasting supposed to do and what is art supposed to do and what are movies and films supposed to do well for me they're supposed to bring joy to others and so i thought about what is what is one of my favorite things twilight twilight the movies and the fact that they were written books yeah i haven't haven't read them but i feel like it's important that they have been written and it was important that they were written prior to being movies also arby's arby's is probably one of the um i have uh about five human best friends and i would say right under under my five human best friends is probably the the arby's fast food chain and i'll tell you why because because they have been there for a long time let me tell you i it was and actually this is one of those things i would never have really known unless i had gotten into the entertainment industry right i think if if I had ever been part of another podcast, I might have talked about this before, but I haven't. So, you know, let's just take this story for what it is. This is the first time it's ever being told. And it's definitely the first time it's ever been told on this podcast about how I got into entertainment. Like, I, I wasn't even planning on ever being a performer. I thought I'd be a filmmaker and a writer when I was young. But then I, ac- you know, I accidentally was walking through the streets of boston and saw a big billboard for the victoria secret that was opening up in copley plaza and there was a picture of um uh uh, giselle tom brady's ex-wife on the billboard and the funny thing is i did not even know who that was i just knew that was somebody famous I, i i knew it was a model but also, okay, the, um, let's see, I think I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna have to go, this is happening around 2002, so the internet is not playing as pivotal a role in day-to-day life as it is now, almost, I'm giving away my age, but almost five years later, right, so back, back in this story, um, (laughs) 
Oh, actually, let me let me expound upon the details of this story, and it will make it far more clear why this this story happened. Actually, and I should have I've I've had about two decades to come up with a better way to tell this story, and I never have. And it's funny because back internet was a thing, MySpace was a thing, uh, I believe YouTube was a was a thing. It wasn't super super popular but it was a place you could host videos and such and i had i was i was attempting to to vlog back then video blog and i think i got up to three of doing a reality show of my life and this if you search the deep dark reaches of old web you will find the video version of this story probably told almost verbatim except a little faster and maybe slightly more engaging than i'm about to tell it now but i think we've slowed down a lot to the point where i i find the importance of taking your time to tell things right instead of telling them fast for the sake of fast of speedness right so i saw the billboard saying that Giselle was going to be at the grand opening and I thought um my I, f- I forget what age it it felt like a significant birthday was coming up so this was probably I think a month and a half before October it would it would be the fall right and I just I thought it would be funny if I could get hurt oh i okay so here's some qualifying details i did know who the model alessandra ambrosio was ambrosio was and i thought she was very attractive and i thought how awesome would it be it would probably impress my two friends if i could get her to come to my birthday party that i guess i was gonna throw to myself like birthday party i don't, I don't do adults even throw birthday par- like I, any um come to boston to hang out for my birthday uh and the the hilarious thing is too that i go into this not with the same sort of motivation that i think you'd think that most sort of hormone driven uh late teen and early 20s years old would be doing this all for i really just want i i thought this was a hilarious idea and i wanted to impress my friends and i thought that somehow I could leverage that into social clout. So my idea was if I could get a letter to Giselle, uh, she, you know, I could ask at this, at this grand opening uh, where she was having a meet and greet, I, I could hand her the letter for Alessandra and you know just ask her hey because i'm i'm sure like i had no concept for some reason i guess i thought they just all lived together in a model house too and like no they're they were co-workers at points that probably run into each other at certain shoots and press events but like uh, anyway this old this past jamie did not know how the world worked in so many ways i still don't um in in my head if this situation happened and for some reason I felt, well, actually this situation similarly does happen all the time, not with models, but I do, I do feel like anybody in the world 
that I need to access. I can just ask them. <laughs> there is no little gauge in my mind telling me, hey, this might not work, or maybe you shouldn't do that. No, in fact, I have uh, a copy of the script and a, a, an email into an agent for uh, time at Guriello um, asking if he wants to be in in a movie. I want to make um, because I just I feel like and, and but there is a truth to this too. Like you can just ask people if you if your if your question is respectful and you're you know um, and you're not being weird or creepy. Now that's the problem I have is like I don't know uh, I don't have the common sense indicator to always tell me when I'm being appropriate. But like I'm not ill-intentioned in any of this, right? So, um, like I, and, and this will play in later because I did not know how I was going to be perceived. So anyway, uh, my friend and I, um, went to Copley on the day when they were having the grand opening and I also still not knowing anything about this situation, one, I felt, because I didn't know who this celebrity was, I didn't imagine that anybody else would. So I thought there was gonna, gonna be anybody there, and, you know, when they say, like, the person will be here from this hour to that hour, I just assumed I could go ten minutes before it was over, because, or something like that. I don't, I don't actually remember all the details, I just, I, the details I remember are from telling the story to myself and in different mediums but um so we we head over there and and there was also another grand opening and it's funny because the, the other grand opening is a totally different kind of place and i love i sort of think that there might be a little bit of literary irony in this but um it was also in copley the grand opening of, I think it was Massachusetts's uh, first Krispy Kreme donuts. And so, guess where young Jamie wanted to go more? To go see the famous model or to go get a donut? Which is not even his favorite donut. He just wanted the, the newest, best, hottest donut uh, just to say he could. And that's right. So, so we go to the Krispy Kreme and sit down and eat. Like I imagine, um, I really like again. I I don't have a first-hand memory of you know if we sat there and ate, but I do remember because of the video that I have of my original telling of this story that it was a distraction that kept us from getting there in a reasonable amount of time. So by the time we got to the Victoria's Secret, uh, and it, um, the line was all the way around the block and the mall, and there was like people, and there were, and and part of the people that were running the event said basically, she's not even going to have time to meet all the people that are already in line. We we are not even letting people queue up to wait in line. Now I was devastated because this was my grand plan yes i didn't plan very well and it was not a very good plan and it was probably a plan that wouldn't go through um but 
that's what happened, right? So, would would a normal person be defeated at this point? Yes. And also, I was defeated. But I did have one more thought in me. And again, so this is exactly where I'm going to point out that I totally can be a, a creepy, weird person. But I didn't understand that at the time. And I guess this is regrettable behavior now, so this is a lesson to everybody. But I thought, since I had a letter... And I didn't really need to talk to this person, and I didn't know who it was, and I wasn't really all that excited about it. I thought if I could just go, like, cut the line and, and sort of, you know, put my letter on and just be like, hey, can you give that to your friend? Thank you. Um, that that would be enough. I th- and I thought that was going to be enough to make this whole dream at the time come true. Well, I I also, you know, as a late teen, early 20 or or for some reason, I don't know how sheltered must I have been. I had no idea that somebody like this might uh, have some type of security in place to keep people from doing that. And some kid that wears a brown sweatshirt uh, with an iron print on it that is trying to run up and throw something that they have held in their pocket is probably not going to look like the best thing and i was totally like i'm lucky i did not get arrested that all i did was get forcefully removed and told not to come back to the place so it's not it's not really a great story right why did i tell it because that event taught me so many things that would change the trajectory of my life and in a really good way i think maybe about you know what you can't say whether it was good or bad until your life's over but i want to say there's a lot of experiences that are amazing that i've had to come out of that and i think anything where you learn a lesson and you become a better person for it is probably a good thing what did i learn well, the first thing I do is I I didn't accept my defeat. Like, I, I, I realized that that was a foolish plan, and I sort of gave up on that plan. But, but, I, but I still wanted to have that influence of, of being around models to show my friends, to show off to my friends. So... I thought, what is the best way for me to get to be around models and get to go to model parties? Well, you know, like anybody would think, oh, just become one. So <laughs> I focused all my efforts for the next, I think, maybe like three years on getting in shape. I did everything that one would would do to become a model i practiced i read a lot of fashion magazines and books i that's actually the crazy part i got a lot of like large but actually so there's some really great cheap books that you can get at like the five dollar bins on how to be a gentleman how to dress like that uh developed an eating disorder um was working out like crazy uh, doing, you know, everything I could to become a model. 
here's the craziest part. I like at a, at a very low level, I did. Right, so there is a I I don't remember what uh like I don't exactly remember how this happened, but I remember there was a casting call for a talent development program for aspiring models in Boston. Now, I re I really want to um sort of give a disclaimer to this. There are not many legitimate uh modeling development uh programs that genuinely offer free training. Uh most most of these things are sort of workshops that are sort of one-time workshops that want to get people excited and interested and then they try to sell you different uh different services or products and that's how they make their money and they may they may help you on your journey but part of the really cool thing about the the program I was a part of was that it was totally free and they gave us lots and lots of stuff so we we met I I don't remember what it was but it was like once a week or once a month and they had different experts from the modeling industry come up photographers and designers and people and they they taught us a lot of the skills to being taken seriously as a model and getting work and and part of one of the fun things that was a part of that program was (laughs) we got invited to modeling parties (laughs) i did not go to very many because after just a couple i found these are the absolute worst things in the world i don't want to be at these places but i did get to take some of my friends to them so i sort of I can't believe that. I remember one of the uh, funnest parties. I don't. I don't even know if there was like important or famous people that were at these places because I didn't care. We would go and just like get the free stuff and hang around and not talk to anybody and leave and talk about how cool we were as college students. Uh, I remember we went to one that was in a. Uh, a department store, which kind of sounds funny, right? Like it doesn't sound super fancy, but I mean, think about that. They shut down the mall and then they turned the place into a party because because they were having a premiere for Michael Kors. Um, was having some new thing uh line or something and so i got a bunch of free stuff from that that's the other thing too once you go to these model parties and you're like a part of it if once if you're on the list uh these kind of places give you like stuff like free food and drinks and products and samples but like they're bigger than the samples that a lot of people get as free samples right and so that um you know i did that and then i was in uh a couple of fashion shows uh i i was in one that was um what at the at the opening night of boston's fashion week which is probably not one of the 
bigger fashion weeks, but I I was I was in it, and I um I modeled a uh, uh, Calvin Klein pinstripe suit and uh, Michael Kors shirt and tie. Um, I guess that was, but it wasn't like we weren't really there to show off the clothes. We were there to show off ourselves because it was sort of like a debut where they they had all of us prospects before the the sort of real designer designer thing so that happened well i let's let's keep going for a little while let's let's fast forward a little bit i am modeling all i can i end up i start modeling for one of the colleges around doing a lot of tfp time for prints uh shoots and stuff with any photographer that's in the shoot. And I got some really cool pictures out of that. Um, but I'm also going to film school at the time and realizing that I don't want to be silent. I want to be an actor. Let's go to Army for a while and going overseas and blah, 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 coming back and deciding, hey, I want to take my shot. I'm going to try to be an actor. I've always wanted to get into acting. I didn't ever think I could, but when I realized that I could be a model just because I thought about it, I was like, hey, I could probably act. And I also acted in a couple of, like, crazy things. And I'm not talking about being an extra. I was in a uh, corporate training film for the U.S. Army, which is funny because I was still in the Army at the time. So I played a soldier in a training video that all the other soldiers that I was in watched one time and yeah that is weird <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so that goes on and I decide that I am going to you know well I was like, I, I'm not really great at this. What could I do to make myself better? To become a better actor, I decided that I want to start taking lessons in everything that would supplement that activity, that skill set, teach myself other things that are similar, parallel, and adjacent things. I... Um, I start studying stand-up comedy. Well, long story short, I spend the next 14 years of my life being a touring stand-up comic. Not, I wasn't touring for the whole 14, but uh, that took off pretty quickly. Now, this, this sounds gross. Now I sound like I'm bright. I'm, I'm not... I haven't been good at any of these things. I have, like... You... You don't know if you if you don't know who I am, then you don't know me, and there's no reason for you to be listening to this podcast. It's terrible, it's terrible. But if you do know me, you also probably already know these stories, so it's not important. But I am not famous. I never really was good at any of these things. All I'm saying is, you can go you you. You can take a shot at anything. Just don't tell yourself what you can't do. 
my goal when I started doing stand-up comedy was to be a better actor. But then I realized I like stand-up comedy best because I didn't have to rely on creating things out of the scripts that other people wrote. And as a writer, which is something I always wanted to be, I could have my writing performed almost instantaneously. I was when when I started open micing regularly, I would go out every night of the year basically. I think I skipped like four nights uh, or four or five nights the first year I started doing comedy. Like I hit the ground running. I I did an open mic. I waited a week. I did the open mic the next week, and as soon as I started figuring out open mics every other day of the week, I was at an open mic every single night. I could be, and sometimes multiple mics in a night. It this was uh, a real golden age of Atlanta comedy. The scene was being built up by some amazing comedians, many who moved away to New York and L.A. and are very famous now, uh, and and incredibly funny, and most of them super nice people and couldn't deserve it more. Uh, two that are awful. I'm just kidding. It's way more than two. No, I'm just kidding. Still, I don't like to think negative things like that of other people. I wish them all well, and I'm very grateful to have even been in a scene where I got to meet all of those people, too. But it got me on the road, and that is a thing that just opened up everything. Got me moving around, and that is... That is why I am here now in Louisiana, because of Krispy Kreme donuts and dreams that don't work out. But sometimes the dreams that don't work out become the dreams you didn't know you needed. Well, I got incredibly off track just talking about myself this whole time, and I hate that. But for this week I think that's what it's going to be because I wasn't prepared to do this at all not this way I was really looking forward to doing this the way we had done it but because of recent things that I have learned this needs to be the way that this happens so just thank you for tuning in uh, I I think let's say let's say I'd hypothetically been doing a podcast it uh it probably would have taken me like two and a half years to figure out what I was actually doing with it but since I didn't I don't know what I was doing with it but also that means it'll probably be another two and a half years from now until I finally figure out what this podcast is actually going to be other than just titled the Twilight Arby's Playcast which, as far as I know, is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Twilight, the film saga, Twilight, the book series, as well as Arby's. So, I don't know. If you're if you're in for a wild ride, um, definitely uh, follow us. We're not on social medias yet. Uh, okay, no, I'll be honest. We are at, under the old stuff. You can still find us at Silver Linings Playcast. Uh uh, Instagram, at Facebook, and our email is silverliningsplaycast, S-I-L-V-E-R-L-I-N-I-N-G-S-P-L-A-Y-C-A-S-T, at gmail, G-M-A-I-L, dot com. 
where you can let us know what you would like to hear. Also, let us let me know. Do you like Twilight? And let me know what's your favorite item to get at Arby's. Mine is the French dip sub. Or French dip sandwich. I don't know how long a sandwich has to be to be considered a sub. But, yeah. Uh, and, and thanks for tuning in. I would recommend not tuning in, though. Because let me let me just like stop pretending like it didn't have a podcast. Because I think I, that actually is related to what I was talking about about my conflicted feelings about art and artists. I do think history is important. I do think evolution is important, uh, evolving as artists and and letting our perspectives evolve. So I'm, I don't want to delete history because I think history can be learned from. So there was, there was a podcast, but now it's a different podcast and it's, this change took way too long to happen. It should have happened, uh, 12 years ago, but it's happening today because this was the first podcast. And I'm also going to try to not beat myself up about that because holding, holding yourself accountable for things you should have known even if you didn't that's that's an impossible task and nobody can do it and that's why i like to express kindness to others and that's actually a great thing because i can pull that from the silver linings playbook the book this is not from the movie but the main character from the silver linings playbook the book by matthew quick which was i believe a 2008 novel uh the main character pat is always talking to his therapist about the mantra of be kind instead of right and that's really what my goal is to be kind instead of right so i don't know like and that is that's exactly why i just want to be nice and change everything about this podcast instead of uh, focusing too much on trying to work out the nuance of whether it's okay to have the old podcast or not. It, it, it's this now. Um, and I think we learned. I've learned. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot uh, since my time of having this podcast, which is about 38 minutes, plus the time the intro took, which is another 22 seconds. <coughs> so anyway... I think that because uh, I didn't really have time to write up a whole format, we're probably going to call it right now. Uh, this is a terrible podcast. Do do not listen to it. Nobody should have listened to it this far in, because if you have, that's a waste of your time, and I apologize for it. Podcasts don't need to be listened to. This can serve as a verbal diary of my life, a verbal journal. I, not because one is a boy's thing and one is a girl. It, I'm, it just uh, it rhymes better, I realized. Verbal journal. Even though it's, I don't think it's technically a rhyme. Anyway, uh, yeah. So tune in next week and every week as long as we keep doing this for all the latest on... Oh, I've realized I don't have a sign off for this yet so maybe maybe because because the sign off really came from the book 
mostly. We, we, we'll use that this week, and then we'll work on it. Actually, if you have a good idea for a Twilight or Arby's-based um, sign-off, let me know. Email us at silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. S-I-L-V-E-R-L-I-N-I-N-G-S-P-L-A-Y-C-A-S-T at gmail. That's G-M-A-I-L dot com. And let us know how you think we should close out every episode. At least next week's episode. And as long as we keep doing this. Uh, for all. The, and, and tune in next week and every week as long as we keep doing this. For all the latest on... Twilight the film saga, Twilight the book series, as well as Arby's. We might not always be the most current. We might not actually get around to talking about any of those things. But that's not the important part. The important part is we try. If anything, this episode was all about just giving it a shot. Right? Um, and I also I need to clarify to everybody, because you might ask, you might be like, Jamie, there's got to be other Twilight podcasts. I listen to Yes, I, I'm not saying we're the only Twilight the film podcast. I'm not saying we're the only Twilight the book series podcast. I'm not even saying we're the only Twilight Arby's or book Twilight podcast. We're the only podcast that focuses on all three of those different things. And while we might be the worst at it, I think we're probably also the best. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. Tune in next week and every week as long as we keep doing this for all the latest on Twilight, the film saga, Twilight, the book series, as well as Arby's. I've been your host, Jamie Ward. And until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Seppi Verdi. He really messes with his brain. One is, is the daughter of divorced parents. The other is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Twilight Arby's. Play cast.